Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here is Pastor Albert with today's word. Let's get into the word this morning. Hallelujah. You see, a black screen. Hallelujah. That is not an accident. Praise God. This morning, before I give you the title, I just want to say a couple of things. You know, Every sermon really has a subject. Every preacher really should have something important to say. Some preachers may take several hours to say it. Hallelujah. This morning, I won't go that long. But this morning, I have a message title that I'm going to share. The message is simply nothing. Today... I'm going to speak about nothing. I'll let you digest that. Today, I'm going to talk about some of the most important nothings found in Scripture. I want to say something before you start thinking about where is he going with this. Everything in the Word of God is important. The Bible says every jot, every tittle. Every single word, every single number, every single thing in the word of God is important. The word jot, I looked it up and the, the name, the Hebrew name is iota. How many have ever heard of that? Not one iota. Iota is the word jot. And that is the 10th letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And the word tittle is the apex or the top of the Hebrew letter word, which in other words, it's like if you look at a T, a capital T, the top of the T is the, the top, the tittle, the, the top of the word jot or the letter jot, the top. It is the pinnacle. It is the top of the letters. It, it means covering. It also means a horn. That means the top of the letter is also sounding an alarm. That means every single word in the Bible, every single jot and every single tittle is giving you an alarm. It's giving you cause to, to understand, cause to dig deeper. It's giving you a reason to find more. It's very important. Every jot and tittle is important to God and every jot and tittle should be important to you and I. Praise God. This morning, Again, the title of the message is Nothing. But this morning, we're going to look at some of the most important nothings in Scripture. I'm going to call it the seven nothings. Praise God. Amen. We're going to categorize them into seven categories. For those taking notes, I'm going to blast you with a whole bunch of Scriptures today. So just write them down. I've got everything written out, and I'm going to jump right in. Number one on the list, apart from God. We can do nothing. John 15, 5, it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ himself said that he could do nothing, praise the Lord, without his Father in heaven. John 5.30, he says, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Look at John 8.54. Jesus answered, he said, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father who honors me of whom you say that he is your God. You see, when, when we try to make ourselves a little bit more important than we ought to, we're literally honoring ourselves. We're trying to blow ourselves up. Some of us are so full of ourselves, we believe our own hype. Hallelujah. Turn your neighbor and say, I hope he ain't talking about you already. Hallelujah. Don't believe the hype. Hallelujah. 
Stay low. To go high, you got to stay low. Praise God. Jesus obeyed the will of his Father in heaven. Jesus was submitted completely to the authority of his Father. So many of us want to go about our business on our own. We say, I can do this all by myself. I don't need nobody's help. <clears throat> I don't need to do what people tell me to do. I got this. I know what I'm doing. Let me tell you something, saints of God. We have to understand that we could do nothing apart from God. Nothing good dwells within us. The Bible says in Romans 7, 18. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present within me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. Paul was saying, those things that I want to do, those things that I know I should be doing, I should be remaining faithful. I should remain vigilant. I should be sober-minded. I should not be double-minded, wavering in different uh, doctrines and different directions. I should be focused. But the very thing that I want to do, I seem to not be able to do it. But the things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing them all the time. He already knew there was a struggle within his body, the flesh. We're going to talk a little bit about that in a few moments. But the flesh, inside of our flesh, nothing good dwells within. We will always do and choose the wrong things if we're left to ourselves. Jeremiah knew about this in Jeremiah 17, 9. He says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Praise God. Isn't it funny that when your kids are, are little, you don't have to teach them how to lie. You don't have to teach a child how to be selfish, right? The minute they get a toy, they're like, mine, mine, mine. And you try to take it away from mine, mine. You know, you have to teach your children how to share, how to be loving, how to be compassionate, how to respect adults, how to be mild-mannered, how to be self-controlled. You, you need to teach godly morals, godly values, godly principles, the fear of the Lord, fear and admonition of the Lord. But if you left a child by himself, the Bible says a child left to himself is a shame, is a disgrace to his parents. That's why, like, you know, I know that there ain't no kids in the room. We ain't going to get no amens. But the Bible says, spare not the rod. Hallelujah. Discipline your child. My wife, beat him, beat him. My wife's always there. Beat him, beat him. Listen, the Bible says they will surely not die. Do you know, if you discipline your son or daughter, guess what? You will keep them out of hell. The reason why we have so many young men in prison right now is because in often cases there was an absentee father. I'm going to hit that on Father's Day. Hallelujah. Don't worry. But there was something missing. Mom and dad were working two and three jobs and you got turnkey kids coming home and having MTV cribs raise them and having 16 and pregnant raise them and having shows like ridiculous and, and, and dumb shows raising them. And then they go out and act like a fool. And we wonder what happened. They get involved in crazy things. You've got Homer Simpson and Al Bundy's and all kinds of, of, of buffoons. Showing them that the father figure is, is a buffoon, a moron, a, a nincompoop. Couldn't handle writing a check in a checkbook. Couldn't pay no bills. Has to have his wife do everything for him. I'm coming against that this morning, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. We're raising up some men of God in this house. We're raising up some men that go out and work, hallelujah, have a job. Men that are going to support their family. Men that are going to be accountable and be responsible for their family and for their children. Men that when they make a mistake, they'll go before their whole family and say, my bad, I did wrong. Please forgive me, hallelujah. I'm not perfect, but I'm trying to make it happen. I'm trying to make it right for you guys. I'm trying to do right. I'm trying to live right. I'm trying to honor God with my life. I'm trying to serve him and speak spirit and in truth i'm trying to get into this word right here forget what the tv tells you 
I tell you the truth, if we leave ourselves, our children, our families to our own devices, we will always choose wrong. We will always choose wicked. The Bible says even our kindest acts are as filthy rags in the sight of the living God. John 3.27. Listen to the words of Jesus Christ. The words of Jesus said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. The very first nothing on this list is don't leave home without God. Hallelujah. Can you understand that this morning? You know, like uh, they say, don't leave home without it. No, don't leave home without God. And when you're in the, your house, seek the presence of God and stay in his presence. Hallelujah. Number two, the next nothing on the list. Without love, we are nothing. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, there is no such thing as a loveless Christian. Say it again, nice and loud. There is no such thing as a loveless Christian. And one more time so it echoes into eternity. There is no such thing as a loveless Christian. If you can't love your brother or your sister who is sitting next to you, if you can't get along right now, repent in the name of Jesus. I love you. Hallelujah. Don't throw no rocks at the preacher this morning. Hallelujah. But the reality is we're supposed to love one another. Forget about color. We all bleed red. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus covers every single one of us. I think the most beautiful thing is the diversity in this room. I think it's more beautiful. We're showing the world how it is supposed to be done. Where the people of God come together despite racial uh, uh, differences, despite languages. We could have somebody come up here and pray in Spanish and everybody be like, all right, I didn't understand it, but I know they were praying unto the Lord God Almighty. I have brother, bro, Pastor uh, Shadrach coming here and speak Shona and, and, and pray up in this place and we'll all be worshiping God along with them. You see, the diversity and the love of the brethren cannot be stopped. It should not be stopped. This is what separates us from the world, the love that we have for one another. Love is an action word. Love is a verb. It is not a noun. Love gives. Love doesn't take. You know what takes? Lust. Lust takes. Lust gets. Why? Because lust is selfish. Love gives, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Lust is the complete moral opposite of love. Lust gets. I, I learned this quote from Dr. Ed Cole. I'll repeat it again. Love is the desire to benefit others at the expense of self because love desires to give. Lust is the desire to benefit self at the expense of others because lust desires to get when somebody says to you i love you boo i love you boo you love me you'll wait hallelujah you love me you'll get a job you love me you'll have a vision you'll have a plan if you love me you'll come and talk to mommy and daddy hallelujah you'll ask for their hand for my hand in respect hallelujah with integrity talking to me about love my my father loves me hallelujah I'm loved already you got to come up with it you got to bring it you got to come with something bring something to the table love is not a word is an action put a rock on my hand hallelujah so many people claim to love God listen we claim to love God I love you Jesus but we walk around with zero love towards everybody else. I love you, Jesus, but I don't want to go to church. People got Rona up in there. I'm going to get sick. But I love you, Jesus. I'm going to just stay home and watch TV church. I don't want to sit next to that brother because he's funky. I don't want to sit next to that sister because every five minutes she's screaming, ah, hallelujah, ah, ah, ah. 
I don't want to sit next to her. She drives me cray-cray. I don't want to sit next to this brother because he comes to church to sleep every week. And the drool be coming out of his mouth. I ain't trying to see that today. Hallelujah. Saints of God, we're to love God. We're to love people, all people. How about this? Save people and unsaved people. How about that? We are to love saved people and we are to love unsaved people. Amen. We are supposed to love our neighbors. There's not even one on the screen, but I'm going to hit you with it. You're supposed to love your enemies. Oh, now he's getting into my business now. Oh, now the pastor. You went there, pastor. I can't believe you. Yes, I did. Those same people that rub you the wrong way. That scandalize your name. Those that have a knife, they go, oh, praise the Lord, brother. Praise the Lord. And they go, shh, 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 ready to put it in your back. Yep, them too. It's, it's interesting to me that Jesus, he chose his betrayer. Let me tell you, one of the most painful experiences I've ever had as a pastor, as a man, as a husband, as a friend as a human being, was betrayal. If you've ever experienced betrayal, see, betrayal never comes from an enemy. It never comes from an enemy. Betrayal comes from a brother or a sister, someone who's closest to you. That's why it hurts so much. Because it comes from someone that you love deeply, intimately, and they, they betray you. They, they talk about you. They get behind you. And they, they scandalize you. And the hurt is so deep. The wound is so, is so, it's gashing. It's a gaping wound. It's like a sinkhole in your heart. But Jesus chose that. He said, it's important. Yeah, you're necessary. Could you use me? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I could, you're part of the plan. Judas, he was like, could, could I be used? Could, do I have anything of use? Yeah, you're crazy valuable to me. I need this. You're essential. This betrayal, I need this. Crazy. You see, if we could see into the future those things, many times we'll say, you know what? Nah, this is not for me. Peace out. We need it. Listen to 1 Corinthians, the Bible's definition of love. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. Hmm. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, oh, bless your heart. And though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Hallelujah. Do you hear that? 1 John 4, 7 through 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Saints of God, listen, the very love of God. Love is the nature of God. Our God is love. Satan is a lie. But God is love. He is the embodiment of of love. The heart of God is love. And John 13, 35, it says, all people will know that you are my disciples. What? If you have love for one another. Pastor Richie said it best on Wednesday. Yes, I heard the message. Hallelujah. He said, if you hang out with Jesus, you begin to act like Jesus. Just like if you lay down with dogs, you're going to wake up like a dog. Hallelujah. With some fleas too. 
right? If you hang around with some toxic people, you become a toxic person. If you hang around people that are dropping F-bombs all day, every day, 24-7, next thing you know, you're talking to your boss saying, boop, drop an F-bomb, boop, drop some F-bomb, boop, watching TV, boop, F-bomb, F-bomb. You know why? Because it sticks on to you. But if you spend time with a brother in the faith or a sister in the faith that loves Jesus, that is a worshiper, that is a prayer warrior, a, a, a warrior, a, a someone that loves to be in God's presence, guess what? you're going to be able to tap in you're going to be able to get into the presence of God too you spend some time with the father in heaven you're going to start acting like the father in heaven that's why it's impossible to be a Christian and have no love because as you start loving the father and you start receiving the love of God it starts to rub off on you and you start to rub off on people and now you're opening doors at Aldi's you say come on in and you're opening up doors where you would never normally do that you know you see an old lady struggling you whip out $20 and say here I got that I got that a complete stranger you know why because the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart you're not the same person anymore and now you, you carry stuff for people you do things you become a servant of the Lord I'm going to make a bold statement this morning hallelujah you see how it gets quiet when I say stuff like that everybody's ah, oh, who's he he's going on somebody right now he's gonna now I'm gonna make a statement I think this statement I would even say it's close to being a matter of fact this is the way I see it at least. But one of the things that I think attract people to this church is the love of the brethren. Of course, the Spirit of God. That goes without saying. We're here because of the Spirit of God. That's why we're all here. But I think one of the reasons that attract people to this body is the love of the brethren. This is a loving church. This church is full of love. There's a love fest that goes on every single week. This is a hugging church. We love before service. We love in the beginning of service. We love during service. And then we love after service. And then we go to the parking lot. We lock the doors and we're still loving each other outside. And then we're connecting with people. Hey, come to my house. Let me love on you some more. And we're cooking for each other. We're fellowshipping with one another. Hey, do you need a ride on Sunday? I got you, boo. And you go and you pick up your brother and your sister. And we all get to the courts of the living God together. Walking in love, in fellowship, in harmony. Glory to God. The world doesn't know how to do that. They're still picking on each other because of race and color. Romans 13, 8. Oh, no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. Proverbs 10, 12. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sin hallelujah let me tell you you can't fake love you can't fake it people can sense genuine love you either have love or you don't have love it's that simple the bible says love covers sin love holds no record of wrongdoing love how about this is not puffed up mm. boom Love rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes in all things. Love endures all things. Love never fails. Woo! That's encouraging right there. Hallelujah. Praise God. 1 John 4.18 it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Listen, let your love supersede all else. Hallelujah. If you love God more and you pray more, you won't be worried about the Rona. You won't be worried about sickness or disease. You won't even be worried about death. Death will lose its sting. Hallelujah. You know why? Because you know to be out of the body is to be present with the Lord. Glory to God. 
Listen, I love my life. I love to live. I love my little grandbabies. I love the church. I love to see everybody week after week. But you know what? If the Lord were to take me home, man, I lived the fullest life ever. I've lived a full life. You know why I live now? It's to serve. You know why I live now? Is to get a legacy of the word of God. So that when I'm gone, if the Lord should tarry and I go home to be with the Father, what's going to be left behind is, is, is probably a thousand podcasts, hopefully. Praise the Lord. A legacy of the word. Do you know that, uh, you know it would be a great honor if little kids, three years old, four years old, come to my funeral. God forbid, but if that should happen. Little kids say, this was my friend. This, this pastor was my friend. A little kid. And the oldest person in the room, this was my pastor. You see, all age groups, white, black, yellow, polka dot, purple, striped, colored, hallelujah. It don't matter. Th that is legacy, relationship. I've been to the bedside of many people before they've gone on to eternity. And you want to know something? Not once did they ask for the keys to their Porsche, the deed to their house, their computer, their laptop, their, their checkbook, nothing. They never asked for jewelry. They're like, where's Papo? Where's Junebug? Where's Mommy? Where's Daddy? Where, where's Primo? Where's my cousin? I want to see them. Bring them to my bed. It's all about relationship. And we're working so hard and we're forgetting what really matters in this world. We don't want to go to heaven empty-handed. We don't want to go to heaven alone. It behooves you to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let your life amount to something. Tell somebody about the love of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Number three, nothing shall by any means harm you. Woo! Hallelujah. Do you know that Satan, he's God's devil. You hear what I said? That's God's devil. He's got to ask permission to mess with you. He can't even touch a hair on your head. And this is not like the 70s. I'm going to the 70s. Flip Wilson. Flip Wilson. For those of y'all in the room, remember Flip Wilson. And he would always say, the devil made me do it. The devil. Listen, the devil can't make you do nothing. It's you that give in to the desires of the flesh. And then it gets birthed in your heart and it becomes sin. And then when it becomes sin, you act out what you're going to do. Hallelujah. The devil, all he did was throw a little, th little thought in your head. Hallelujah. You gave it birth in your own heart. Don't be scared this morning. Hallelujah. I'm telling you the truth. The devil cannot harm you. He cannot harm you. You want proof? Hallelujah. Let me read this whole scripture right here for you. Behold, and I'm going to verse 20. Luke 10, 19 and 20 for those that are taking notes. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Turning in every day, he said, all the power. Hallelujah. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your name is written in heaven. Did you hear that? Praise God. It says the spirits, the evil spirits are subject to you. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Because of the light of God's glory in your life. They're afraid of the light that's within you. They're afraid of the spirit of God that is within the believer. You are a force to be reckoned with. Hallelujah. Can't nothing touch you. Can't nobody bother you. Can't nobody hurt you. He can't take your car. He can't take your job. He can't take anything unless the father allows him to do so. Hallelujah. He can't take your health. He can't take your money. He can't take your children. He can't take nothing. He said, you will trample on the enemy. 
You do some river dance on the enemy. Nah, I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. Stay. Come on. Get it together, Pastor. Get it together. I have my sister say, yo, Pastor. Remember I tried to crump? So I... Don't do it, Pastor. We got the message. We got the message. You river dance on his head. He said, all the power of the enemy, you shall trample on it. Nothing will harm you. Let me tell you, you should be encouraged right now. You should be ready to run around this whole building, ready to run into the parking lot. Ah! It should make you excited. Hollywood says that the demons are stronger than God. Hollywood would tell you, you got no power over the devil. And people are hiding. Pastor. Pastor. Help me, Pastor. Pray for me. What's the matter? There's a demon in my house. Where's the demon? I don't know. But I think he's still there. I mean, get it together. Hallelujah. Praise God. Stop watching them horror movies. Hallelujah. Do you know that you're bringing portals, opening up portals? Our, our enemy is a defeated foe. When we read the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, we think he's a roaring lion. No, like a roaring lion. He's an imposter. He's an impersonator. He's a fake, a phony. He ain't even a real lion. He got no teeth, no claws. He's a fraud. He's a defeated foe. Isaiah 54, 17, it says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. But here, here, look at this. And every tongue, ha ha, every tongue, which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Here's the, here's the good part. You ready for this? Holly, you ready for this one, George? I'm bringing it. You ready for this, Brother Brad? Here it comes. You ready? Listen to this. This is the heritage. I got to say that again. Y'all got to hear that. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Hallelujah. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. That's a good word right there. That's a good word right there. Heritage. No weapon shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you, you shall condemn. You know what? That's your heritage. You're supposed to walk in that. Hallelujah. That's your birthright. That's your legacy. This is the culture of the Christian hey hallelujah this is your legacy this is how you're supposed to walk and thrive in the kingdom of God Woo! look at Philippians 128 we got this one on Wednesday night and not in any way terrified by your adversaries which is to them a proof of perdition but to you of salvation and that from God. That means you don't have to be afraid of the enemy. You don't have to be afraid of your enemies. You don't have to be afraid of your accusers. You don't have to be afraid of those that are backstabbing you. Those that got you like a dirty dog. Those that are trying to steal your, your husband, your girlfriend. You don't have to be afraid of none of that. Hmm. Do not fear. Have no fear. Do you know 365 times the Bible says, do not fear. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. Have no fear. Have I not told you? Be strong and courageous, right? The Bible wants us to be strong and courageous, to have no fear. Let me tell you what happens to the enemies after you have dealt with them, after the Lord has dealt with them. Listen, you know what happens to your enemies? Isaiah 41, 12, you shall seek them. And not find them. Ha <laughs> ha! Those who contend with you, those who war against you, shall be as nothing. As a non-existent thing. That means, poof, they evaporate. 
You'll look for them. Where are they? Weren't you like harassing me? Didn't you stand on the mountaintop and say, oh, come down and fight with me. Come down and fight with me. Today I'm going to feed you to the beasts of the field. Today the birds of the air will feed your flesh. Yo, where'd you go? Where are you at? Where are you at? Your big, big mouth talking lahoosa her? Where are you at? Where are you at? The Bible says they will be as a non-existent thing. As, a, as not even there. Hallelujah. I'm ready to run into the park a lot right now. I'm ready to scream. I don't know about you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Number four. With God, nothing shall be impossible. Through you, I can do anything, right? All things are possible. I can do all things. For with God, Luke 1, 37, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. There is nothing like the almighty power of God. Hallelujah. I'm going to put up some scriptures. Praise the Lord. Job 41, on earth there is nothing like him which is made without fear. John 16, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Jeremiah 32, 17. Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. Woo, praise God. Let's see Buddha do that. Hallelujah. Let's see Muhammad do that. Let me see Hira Krishna do that. Let me, let me see what, what is uh, the, the Indian, the, 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 the Shanti, whatever. The, what's his, uh, the Indian. Uh, no, Gandhi's dead. His bones are, are evaporated. Gandhi's dead. Hallelujah. Vashti. Vashti. These, all these, they have, listen, they have so many gods they lost count. Let's see somebody come out of their grave. Then you have my attention. Until then, psh, deuces, quiet. You got no right to talk. Hallelujah. God is powerful. Consider Mary. The challenge to her faith. She was going to give birth to Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah. And this was going to be accomplished without a man. A virgin birth. And then Gabriel said, and another thing. Your cousin, Elizabeth, yeah, that old lady, she's going to give birth too. She's going to give a son, a birth to a son. Gabriel, the angel of the Lord, told her, listen, for with God, nothing, nothing shall be impossible. Consider the children of Israel. Hallelujah. After 10 plagues, they were set free from their bondage, from their captivity. Only to get to the Red Sea and have Pharaoh's army in hot pursuit pressing behind them. Listen, don't you know the same God that hardened Pharaoh's heart is the same God that told Pharaoh, go get them. They're, they're yours now. Go get them. Go get them. Go get them. Go get them. Yeah, you know what? Maybe now I'll take them. They took my son. They took my city. They took my gold. I'm going to go get them. It's a foolish thing to be in the hands of, of the living God. A fearful, mighty thing. One blast of God's nostrils. And the Red Sea split in half. And the sea split in half. And they walked across on dry ground. God sending bread out of heaven every day. Hot bread. I drove by Krispy Kremes in Virginia. And the devil light was on. You know that red light? I call it the devil light. It says, come get your free donut. I was like, I burned you, Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. No Krispy Kremes for pastor. Hallelujah. I burned Krispy Kreme in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Ain't getting no devil light on me. Uh-uh. Praise God. They were thirsty, and the water, boom, came out of the rock. Hallelujah. Water come from the stone. God placed a cloud by day to cover them. Hallelujah. So they won't get scorched by the sun. He put a pillar of fire at night. 
as they were sleeping. No animals, no scorpions, no danger. Nothing came to them because the glory of God was in the camp. Hallelujah. And then they started complaining. Man, can't we get something else on the menu? Can't we get some chicken? And God sent them some KFC too. Hallelujah. In the middle of the desert. Look at Daniel. Consider Daniel in a den full of hungry lions. They became teddy bears to keep Daniel nice and cuddly. They slept with him all night long, purring, purring all night long. Consider Samson being faced with a thousand Philistines. Let me tell you, the Philistines were tall. They were men of war. They were trained in hand-to-hand combat. They had spears. They had body armor. They had shields. They had all kinds of protection. And they knew how to use it. They were battle-tested. They sent a thousand soldiers to Samson. And all Samson had was Jesus. And the Spirit of God came upon him and all he saw, let me look around and see, uh, a jawbone of an ass. He picked it up and went to work on the homies. A thousand of them by himself. I tell you, man, that had to be one of the most gripping scenes. Let's, you know, the movie, they, the, the movie, the Samson movie was good, but it didn't even come close. He must have been just hitting heads. Bam, boom, bing, boom, boom, swinging around. Boom, boom. Everybody that came to him and climbing on top of people. Excuse me. Bam, boom, boom, boom. A thousand men. Can you imagine? Consider the early church. Paul, their leader, was sent to prison. He was chained up to a guard. And they started to have a prayer meeting in the church. They went to house church. And they began to pray, God, we need our leader. Set him free. Get him out. And while they were still in prayer, who's that? Who's that? They go to the door, open up the door. They see Paul, the very person they're praying for, slam the door on his face and say, I think I just saw a ghost. The door opens and says, dude, I'm here. You're here. Hallelujah. He comes in and says, let's keep continue to pray. Let's continue to seek the face of God. While you were praying, an angel of the Lord came, set my bounds free. Hallelujah. Brought me here to you today. You see, while they were still in prayer, the very thing they were praying for, we sang about it. The very thing they were praying for, they saw it. The thing they were praying for knocked on the door and, and they opened and let him in. There are countless, countless stories in the word of God. Jesus changing water into wine. Keep the party going. Hallelujah. The woman with the issue of blood healed. Blind Bartimaeus healed. The lame walked. The mute spoke. The demons fled into the pigs. The storm ceased. The fish and the bread were multiplied. Lazarus came out of his hole. Is there anything too impossible for God? Everything that we endure in this life has to be tempered with the phrase, nothing is impossible with God. Our faith should grow with the acceptance of this truth. Jeremiah accepted this. Jeremiah, hallelujah, 32, 27. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Matthew 19, 26. But Jesus looked at them and said, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Number five, let nothing be done through selfish ambition that means strife or conceit which also means vain glory all right philippians 2 3 let nothing be done through selfish ambition ambition or conceit but in lowliness of mind turn your neighbor say lowliness of mind 
let each esteem others better than himself. That's a hard thing right there. Praise God. Let's talk about selfish ambition or strife. The word strife in the, in the, the Greek is eris. Eris. It means to quarrel, wrangling, contention, debate, variance, and strife. There's a great problem of strife among many Christians. Strife hinders the work of Christ. Strife keeps Christians, guess what, in a carnal mindset. Carnal in their mind, carnal in their body, in their actions, and in their thinking. The word conceit means pride and arrogance, self-importance. Look at how Paul had to address the Corinthian church. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there is envy and strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Let me just continue. Strife. Strife keeps bad company. It is among the listings of the works of the flesh, which is carnality. Galatians 5, 19 through 21, write that down, read it. It talks about the works of the flesh that are evident. Romans 8, 7, it says that the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. You see, strife is earthly, and it is worldly. I'll give you a minute. The same cat that was at the club getting his freak on was in Sunday morning saying, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus. James 3, 14 through 16. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. That's serious. That's serious. So then how do we overcome this strife, pastor? How do we overcome pride? The, the very scripture we read gave us a hint. With lowliness of mind, with lowliness of heart, with lowliness of spirit. You know what that translates to? Humility. Humility. Philippians 2, 5 through 8. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Humility, saints of God, it will always overcome strife. Humility will always destroy pride. Jesus himself is our example of humility. Jesus walked in the spirit. Galatians 5.16, I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. John 6.63, it is the spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. 
The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Esteem others more greatly, more better than yourself. Number six, be anxious for nothing. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Let me tell you something. When it comes to obedience, especially pertaining to this verse of scripture, it seems that the only words that we're obedient to are be anxious. Did you miss that? The Bible says be anxious for nothing. But it seems like we're only picking up in our antenna, be anxious. The news media, the medical doctors, the TV sets, Dr. Fauci, they all want you to be anxious. Let me tell you something. Anxiety is not of the Lord. Anxiousness is not of God. It really is just a substitute for prayer. People that are most anxious, I got a question to ask of you. How's your prayer life? Because you see, when you start praying more and fasting more, you ain't anxious anymore. When you're praying, that anxiety just, it just shrivels. It's like, it's like lint, like this. Anxiety destroys your health. Anxiety destroys your household, destroys your home. Anxiety destroys your dreams, your visions, your aspirations. Anxiety destroys, how about this, your accomplishments. That, that means even what you have, it'll destroy what you have currently. Anxiety does nothing to help you cope with tomorrow. Anxiety will only drain your strength from tomorrow. Hallelujah. But your faith, faith in Jesus Christ, it will overcome all your anxieties. Your faith over fear. Your faith over worry. Your faith over doubt and, and pressure. It will overcome all that. The question is, where is your faith today? How genuine is your faith? Talk is cheap. Faith without deeds is dead. You could say all you want. Oh, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. Where is your faith? Got quiet in here. Cricket, cricket, ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. John 14, 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. I'm going to give you my final number seven, the final nothing in today's message. And this final seven is going to be a quote. Listen closely. This is the quote of the prideful and the quote of the lukewarm. I am rich and I have need for nothing. I am rich and I have need for nothing. This is the nothing of the lukewarm. This is the nothing of apathetic Christianity. That means lukewarm Christianity. Listen to Revelations 3. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind and naked mm. I didn't say that Laodicea the lukewarm church the church of the last days 
This is the church that was focused on material possessions, not God. They were focused on having plenty of money, buildings, investments, not God. They said, I am rich. I have need for nothing. They were full of foolish pride. The lukewarm church accomplished nothing. The souls that attended this church were lost spiritually and had nothing. The brethren of Laodicea were shallow and empty. They were full of themselves, but not God. The scripture says they were wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Do you know what the synonyms are for that? It says they were miserable, pitiful, depressed, weak, inferior, sightless, eyeless, bare, and undressed. Does that sound like a people that had it all together? Does that sound like a people, like a church that had it all going on? Do you know that some of the richest people on earth are the most grimy, miserable human beings that you could even be around? Let me just say this. There's nothing wrong with being rich. Nothing at all. It's wonderful. If you have it, praise God. I salute you. But if you bank everything on your riches and you give no time to God and you ain't worried about God, do you are a great fool. Suicides are highest among the wealthiest people in our land. Listen to this parable that Jesus spoke in Luke 12. The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? How about give some of that away? Praise God. How about bless somebody else? But instead, look at what he said. So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build even greater. And there I will store up all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul? You have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things which you have be provided for? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Let me give you some scriptures to chew on for if anyone thinks of himself this is Galatians to be something when he is nothing he deceives himself first Corinthians 8 2 and if anyone thinks that he knows anything he knows nothing yet as he ought to know Proverbs 14 there is a way that seems right to a man but in the end it is the way of death first Timothy 6 7 for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain that we can carry nothing out Mark 8.36, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Matthew 6.24, no one can serve two masters, for he will either hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. W.C. Fields, he said, a rich man is nothing but a poor man with money. Think about this. If you have $1,000 in your pocket, you have a pocket full of paper. Valuable paper indeed, but it really just is paper. For that $1,000 to be of any use, it must be spent. Listen now. Christians have been given great value consigned by God himself. We have been given a limitless supply of power, of authority, and even purpose. But we often walk through life aimlessly using nothing that we have received. We learn the word of God 
and use nothing that we have learned for our life. We write countless pages and notes and we still don't know how to tell the enemy. It is written. Have we learned anything? We attend church service and make zero effort to bring anyone with us. We are given a purpose and we often do nothing to reach our purpose. A Christian life that is not used to bring glory to God is a life used for nothing. A Christian that is not growing, not maturing, not multiplying, not producing fruit is the Christian who is doing a whole lot of nothing. A Christian who is not planted in a church is a Christian connected to nothing. A church who is not reaching the loss for Christ is involved in nothing. Without Christ, saints of God, we are nothing. We can look the part, we can speak about being the part, but completely not be the part. Let me give you another illustration as I come to a conclusion. Sister Donna, you can come up. There was a man who went fishing one day and spent several hours trying to catch some fish. And he caught nothing. On his way home, he stopped by the fish market and asked the clerk to give him 10 of the biggest fish they had so that he could go back home and tell his family that he caught all of them. He didn't do nothing. Hallelujah. He was a poser. Church. Question. Are we just going through religious motions with no care for others? With no concern for lost souls? Are we just so satisfied? Are we so churched that we are just joyful to be saved but have no care for anyone else? Lamentations 1.12, it says, Is it nothing to you, all you who pass by? How will we answer God for our apathy? What that means is our laziness, our indifference, our lack of interest. Vance Hoover, a quote from Vance Hoover, it says, We have no business living ordinary lives in such extraordinary times. I know I said there were seven nothings of Scripture, but I want to propose an eighth nothing to you right now. The eighth nothing is on you. Nothing should come between you and God. Don't allow your life in Christ to amount to nothing. If the enemy can keep us self-absorbed, self-delusional, self-centered, we will as a church amount to nothing. Disunity would render the brethren powerless. My wife and I were speaking about this on our vacation. Amos 3.3, it says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? We hear this kind of ridiculous saying all the time. We will agree to disagree. You ever heard that, that crazy statement? We agree to disagree. The reality is that is a lie from the pit of hell because that statement produces disagreement. It produces powerlessness. And as long as we disagree, there's no unity. The devil wins. Wise up, people of God. Let us walk together in love, in spirit and in truth, in unity. You and I, D-Y. Disregard. Unity. Some of y'all caught that one. Hallelujah. Call things out that need to be called out. Trample the enemy underfoot. Say to yourself, nothing is going to stop me from reaching my full potential in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Reminder, recap. We could do nothing apart from God. Without love, we are nothing. Nothing shall harm us. Nothing is impossible with God. Let nothing be done by strife or conceit. Be anxious for nothing. And without Christ, you actually are poor and needy and have nothing. Hallelujah. Let nothing stop you this morning. Run the race. Run with all of your might. Run to finish. Let the enemy try to play catch up. But run to win. Let nothing cheat you out of your divine destiny. We are the third day church. Let us be busy with our hand at the plow. So when the trumpet of God sounds, you won't be caught on the couch doing nothing. Hallelujah. God bless you, saints of the most high God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads this morning. Glory to God. I hope y'all still love me after that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you've been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-956-0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-956-0133. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.